sifting through all the cultural stuff and all the distractions and all the fluff and saying, and coming to, do I believe that God is right? Do I believe that God's word is correct? And if I do believe it, then I'll live it. I won't make excuses. I'm not going to rationalize. I'm not going to try to get out of it. I'm simply going to submit to the word of God and believe that God's ways are best. Hi, and thanks for joining us again here at Live in the Light. If you haven't joined us again, and maybe you're just joining us for the very first day, let us share with you just a little bit about who we are. Live in the Light is a radio ministry that's dedicated to the belief that radical transformation comes about through the revelation of God's truth. So as you join us today, expect that. Expect that God's Spirit will be moving through God's Word, and we're praying for radical transformation in your life. Well, God's Word takes us today through our series entitled One Thing, where we're looking at removing complexity from our lives and focusing on the simple truths of God's Word. This One Thing message series takes us today to a familiar passage in the Scriptures in Ephesians chapter 5, and it deals specifically with marriage. Well, with me in studio is our teacher, Pastor Robbie. And Robbie, how important is this key truth of marriage in our lives? Yeah, this topic, Greg, it is dear to my heart because we just know that the strength of the marriage, the strength of the family is really the strength of a nation. And so these topics, it's not surprising how much God's Word has to say about it. And a message today for husbands and wives, and maybe you're listening right now, you don't find yourself in that place, but you know someone who is, and maybe one day you want to be in this place, and you can provide counsel and encouragement from God's Word to those who are, but just such a critical topic in a day where commitment and understanding of biblical truth as it pertains to marriage is fleeting. But let's bring that back today. Let's bring back the Word of God. And who cares what culture says? Let's hear what our God says as it pertains to us being men and women faithful in marriage and faithful to our God. Such important, light, and life-shaping advice from the Lord and commands today from His Word. All right, well, we trust that you are excited to be digging into God's Word together with us today as we go to Ephesians 5 in just a second. But before we do that, let me remind our listeners that if you'd like to get a copy of today's message via free download, or if you'd like to order a copy of the entire series, make sure you visit our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. Or you can phone us up at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-22-L-I-G-H-T. All right, well, God's Word today speaks very clearly about one thing in our marriage. Let's go right now to our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons, and Ephesians 5. In a series like the one that we're in, um, there are really, when you talk about one thing and a passionate pursuit of our awesome God, there are really so many places we could go because the one thing does affect, what does it affect? It affects everything. Yeah, the one thing does affect everything. Um, But the elders uh, of this church believe that this message tonight had to be included 
Uh, why? Because um, due to the magnitude of the health of this issue and due to the devastation of its neglect. So here we go. One thing in my marriage. One thing in my marriage. We're seeking to answer the question this, what does the one thing look like when it's lived out in my marriage? And again, the answer to this question, the right answer brings massive blessing. The neglect of this brings great harm. Why is that statement true? Well, here, because in many ways, in many ways, our church will only be as strong as our families. If you want to see an elder fall to pieces, just have his marriage fall to pieces first. Godly leadership impacts everything in the church, and we're going to hear today, even more importantly, in some sense, in home. This message is also so important because our society is so messed up when it comes to biblical roles. If you're taking your cues from our society, then you're going to be messed up in understanding what God has for the family, for the home, and today specifically for marriage. And by the way, if you're thinking right now, you're thinking right now, you're like, well, I'm not married, so I'm going to check out. Uh, I know you need to check back in. All right? And here's why. God's word is never wasted. You're not married. Maybe one day, hopefully, you will be, young people. Hopefully, one day, you will be, young people. Any amens at all from the young people? Like, you know? And listen, listen, listen. I'm telling you, if you can get some premarital counseling down in your system tonight, you know one of the most common things I hear from couples older than I am? I heard this last night with a couple from our church. And they were about 10, 50. They said, we didn't get one lick of premarital counseling before we got married. And by the grace of God, here we are somehow still together. I hear that over and over again, generations past. You have so much before you, young people, to understand that this is going to prepare you in a massive way. Um, maybe you're here tonight and you're a widow or you're a widower. Listen, the, the, the older are to teach the younger. You have such an opportunity. Maybe it's grandkids. Maybe it's friends. I mean, you think this will be wasted on you and where you are? I don't think so. Maybe you're a child. This tonight is such ammunition for prayer for your parents. One of the greatest ways a child is loved or the greatest way a child is loved is through the love of their parents, as the saying goes. You want to love your kids? Love your wife. You want to love your kids? Love your husband. The greatest way a child will be loved is through a marriage that's right on for Christ. All that to say, this, this message is not a waste of time for anyone, and I believe that. And finally, a little word of warning here. This message will be challenging for some of us, and it will be particularly challenging for some of us. Um, the reason for this is because we live in such an anti-biblical society. We have been programmed in anti-truth. So this is what I ask of you. I don't know where everyone's coming from tonight. For some, it'll be no problem. For some, again, it should be a problem. I ask that you hear the message in its entirety tonight. Allow, allow the word of God to have its say and to speak in full. And this is so important. As you listen, as you listen, this is my prayer, that you will be able to decipher between the lies of Satan and the world and the truth of God's word. Right? You will be able to decipher between the lies of, that are demonic and rooted in our culture and again the world as opposed to what does God actually say in his word. Remember, remember, discernment in this life comes from actually knowing what the word of God says. Discernment is not what you think God's word says and discernment does not come from what the culture says. Discernment for the things of good and evil, how to live your life, Hebrews 5 says, it's when you actually understand and know the word of God. And tonight, 
We're going to go through the Word of God, and I believe we're going to find out it's going to be clear. All right? Another big weekend for our church. One thing, one thing in my marriage. God help us. Let's pray. Father, I pray that there would be an unusual reception of your word tonight. Father, I pray there would be an unusual humility. God, I pray there would be um, a softening and a great faith uh, granted to your people, uh, both young and old and everything in between. Lord, I pray you will apply this as only you can. There would be great encouragement given. There would be great correction. And again, help us to believe what you say is right. And I'm excited, Lord, for what you will do. This is such an important time. Our, our church will be as strong as our families. And so I pray for the men and women, Lord. Speak clearly. Uh, speak loudly, I pray, Lord. Speak powerfully. In Jesus' name, who agrees? Amen. All right. Those amens are important to me that we're together. All right, Ephesians 5, verse 22. I'm going to read the first few verses, and then we'll jump in. Um, wives. What's important here? Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submission being a submission to one another as a evidence that you are filled with God's spirit. Leading in now to a further section of Ephesians 5, moving into Ephesians 6. And he's going to break it down into three categories, really, of wives and husbands and, and slaves and employees and children and parents. And the first section here, he says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything uh, to their husbands. Here's our first point then. When the one thing life is lived out in your marriage, number one is this. Wives will believe in the beauty of submission. When the one thing's being lived out in your life, tonight, uh, wives, ladies, then you will believe in the biblical beauty of biblical submission. Now, one of the key words in the outline is the word believe. And I stress that because I believe it so strongly. Here's what I mean. With so many vital issues, the word of God, and within so many vital issues, the word of God comes clashing against the culture um, of our day. And so this is such a pivotal moment here because how we act in response to this determines what we really believe. And so with today's passage, I believe the fundamental question is this. Do I believe God or do I believe in the culture? And again, how you act from this tells me, tells others what you really are choosing to place your faith in. So remember as a kid and you went in the sandbox, you're in the beach and you had a sand sifter and you had the sand and the rocks and you're trying to sift out all the sand to get to the rock, the things you're actually looking for. Really, the bottom line for this text, as much as it's about marriage, it's really sifting through all the cultural stuff and all the distractions and all the fluff and saying, and coming to, do I believe that God is right? Do I believe that God's word is correct? And if I do believe it, then I'll live it. I won't make excuses. I'm not going to rationalize. I'm not going to try to get out of it. I'm simply going to submit to the word of God and believe that God's ways are best. I want to start, I want to start there because that's most important. Because how much clearer does God's word need to be when it comes to a wife who is beautiful in the Lord? When it comes to a wife who is precious in God's sight, she knows this. She knows and believes that submission is the will of God. 
She knows this and she believes it because God's word so clearly says it. And here's what's fundamental to this text in verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, it says. The most important words there in this verse are as to the Lord. So ladies, listen up so carefully. Submission here is ultimately rooted in the glory of God. Again, the wife that believes in submission is the wife that believes that it is for Christ and it is his will. In other words, to reject submission then, as it says, as to the Lord, is to actually reject Christ because as to the Lord indicates this is really more than about your husband. It is about Christ. It is about honoring Christ. It is about revering Christ. It is submission to Christ. So, so wives here tonight, this is what you have to see and believe. More than honoring and submitting your husband, you are submitting to Christ himself. That is the greatest object of what you are seeking to do, to please and honor and love your Savior, as it says right here, as to the Lord. And when you submit yourself to Christ, then you trust him for whatever implications that takes place in the rest of your life because you know he is your shepherd and he takes care of you. That is a fundamental belief to put your trust not in a man, human man, or in a world or in a culture, but in your Savior who can't fail you, who cannot forsake you, who cannot leave you. As to the Lord, so critical. And this is what takes us to verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its uh, Savior. And this is so beautiful when it's properly understood. What's happening here? It's the God-given authority to the husband over his home. And the explanation that Paul gives as even as Christ is the head of the church. Notice this argument again is not cultural. This argument really is eternal. And what does Christ do as the head of the church? Christ loves, Christ leads, Christ guides, he protects, he provides, he comforts, he cares for his bride. Now trust me when I say that the men's turn is coming, all right? It's coming in this message. But right here, I just want to say this really quickly. Leadership or headship does not mean nothing. I'm going to hammer this tonight for the men. Leadership does not mean nothing, as in headship is not sitting on your tush doing nothing. Headship is active. It is initiative. It is momentum. It is doing something to care for your bride. This is what Christ did he did everything to care for his bride. And what we see throughout this text is when the man is doing, this is so key too, when the man is doing what he is supposed to do and the woman is doing what she is supposed to do, that's when it becomes beautiful. It can't be one or the other. To see the blessing and the favor of God and biblical submission and the love of a man for his wife, they have to both be in agreement to submit to the principles of God to see the fullness and the beauty of their marriage be seen. I'm going to end there tonight too, but I got to keep saying these things so we can hear them and remember them. It's when double obedience occurs that it is so awesome and so powerful. So the error is, for a woman to be hearing tonight and be like, yeah, yeah, that's for you. Or for a man to be like, yeah, yeah, you need to change. No, no, no. They're totally missing it if that's where you're coming from. It's how can I change to make my home more beautiful as to the Lord? 
Look now at verse 24. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So wives, notice this. Submission is to affect all areas of life. It says submit there um, in everything. I want you to notice this, though, why it's so important. Verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands. Uh, and verse 24, um, so also wives should submit everything to their husbands. Submission does not apply to other men. Submission does not apply to other spheres outside of your home. Not in this sense. It's about the husband and wife. It's what God has ordained. It's what God has designed for marriage here. That's important. And so the church, as it submits to Christ, the church is not to be subject to Christ in just a few areas and then choose other areas to go off on their own. So verse 24 then, what it becomes for us is a biblical understanding of God-ordained roles. And so if, 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 if maturity in Christ is growing you, you look at this and as much as it might conflict with culture and your flesh inside, ultimately as you mature in Christ, you say, wow, God has given me an awesome role to fulfill. And again, we're getting to the men soon and you're gonna see as they come together in Christ, man, it's so amazing and so beautiful. And biblical submission is not to be feared or fought against. But let's be clear, as we need to, too, at this point, what biblical submission is not. This is what submission is not for women. Submission is not disobeying your God-wise. It's not compromising your faith and directly disobeying your God because your husband is trying to lead you astray from the Word of God. That's not submission. You're not to submit to that, something directly contrary to what you know your God has commanded you. Submission is not becoming a slave. Not at all. Again, when a biblical marriage is being lived out, man, you are not feeling like a slave. You are feeling like a queen. Because that's what love does when it's lived out by the man. And we're going to find out tonight, submission, submission to a husband is easy when he's loving her like Christ loved the church. At least it's a lot easier to do it when you're being loved as you should be by your man. This is not about being inferior, not at all. Remember, remember, this is never an issue of equality. It's an issue of sameness. The Trinity is our example. I want to keep reminding us of this. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, fully equal, not the same. The Son submits to the Father, the Spirit of God submitting to the Father and Son, fully equal, all, all three persons of the Godhead being God, not the same. Not an issue of equality, an issue of sameness. The same with biblical marriage, husband and wife, fully equal, not the same. We must understand that. Submission is not allowing a husband to be a dictator or some kind of dominating force. That's not a biblical marriage at all. That's not what submission means. Submission is not losing your personality, ladies. That's what God gave you. That is beautiful. Submission is not denying your giftedness, not as all, not at all. Your giftedness is to be used. It's to be used and it is to be praised. Submission does not equal that the husband is always right. Sorry, men. Submission does not equal the husband is always right. Rather, submission is seeing the husband take his God-ordained role as leader. And here's what is rare, and loving it. 
So if, if we believe, if we believe in the beauty of submission, the question then becomes, well, how do I live this out? How do I promote this? If I, because the starting point is, I believe what God is saying, saying, how do I see this happen in my life as, let's say, a wife right now? Well, um, four essentials for this, four essentials for wives, for, for women. Um, number one is this, essential number one, ladies, is this, watch out for Eve-itis. Watch out for Eve-itis. It's a common, I'm not going to say sickness, it's a common sin. As a result of the curse of Genesis 3, and as a result of the sin, God says to the woman, God says to Eve this, he says, you're going to have painful uh, painful go at childbearing. And he says this, your desire and your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. The key there, he says, because of the curse of sin, Eve, your desire shall be for your husband. That means there that Eve, your desire will be to misplace the role that I have given to your husband. This means that your desire will be to usurp the authority of your husband given by God. This is Eve-itis. Women are and will be constantly tempted to sin by usurping the authority of their husband. What does this look like? It looks like putting down their husbands. You'll be tempted to disrespect your husband. You'll be tempted to patronize them. Wives will be tempted to boss around their husbands. Wives will be tempted to take the lead and therefore mess up the biblical roles given by God. Here's a great principle for wives for the rest of your life. Ready? It's this, and I'd write this down. Women, when you're leading, you're losing. In the context of your marriage, just your marriage I'm talking about right here, when you're leading, you're losing. Because that's what God's word says. And faith accepts that and faith starts to believe that. You can't win as long as you're leading. This is a point of faith. Now, I want to be completely sensitive to women in situations that have total duds for husbands. Because that exists in this room. And some of you have husbands who do not believe. And I have such a heart and a love and an understanding and a compassion for your situation. And you have some guy sitting around who doesn't give a rip and, and doesn't care and is doing nothing. And you are so wanting for that person to lead. And you're being forced to lead in any level because he won't do anything. Listen, bless your heart. And you continue to hold up 1 Peter 3. And you seek to have faith. And you pray. And you seek the Lord. And you get strength from him. And you lead by example in the sense of modeling a wife that has a beautiful spirit within her heart. And faithful. Faithful to the Lord. And faithful to the Lord by being faithful even to a dud of a husband. But I'm also very aware of many situations of a husband who's wanting to lead but it's with a wife who is making it very hard. A wife who, well, just makes it very hard. See, and this is where the awareness of Eve-itis, ladies, when you become aware of Eve-itis, Eve that tells me that you are maturing in Christ. 
that you see it, you recognize it, you admit it, you humble yourself to say, yes, I have sinned in this area and I want to kill that sin. If you can be a woman who sees your propensity to rise up and try to take out the knees of your husband, so to speak, and you can see that for what it is, that sets you apart from a lot of ladies. And you recognize it and you're not trying to get out of it again and make excuses for it. It tells me you're growing in the Lord. Here's the key. The key here when it comes to this type of evitis, the key is to stop making excuses and call it what it is. Sin. The manipulation, the bossing, the directing, the nagging, the undercutting, sin. It's sin. And the humility before Christ says, you're right. That's not submission. Submission is love. Now, throughout this message tonight, no elbows, okay? What I mean by that is, no like, that's for you, hun, right? None of that, okay? That's not helping. That will be helpful. That's not love, okay? So none of that. And man, man, if any man has done that already, and you're dead, okay? Like, like from what's coming, all right? I mean, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be that guy right now, okay? Just sit, sit calmly and humbly and, and, and just let the Holy Spirit do what he can do, right? That's so key. Okay, um, um, principle number one, and we're still under point number one, four essentials. Watch out for Evitus. Principle number two for women, love your husbands by respecting them. Notice how our passage ends today. Look at chapter five, verse 33. Here is Paul uh, summarizing verse 33 of Ephesians 5. He says, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects, that she respects her husband. So Paul's like, before I, I leave this argument, here's what's most important to what all I've just said. Husbands, love your wives, and, and, and wives, respect, respect your husband. Um, I read this week about abusive homes. I read this. As often as a man will attempt to dominate a woman with strength, a woman will try and control a man with shame. It's also much about pride and control. And this is why respect for a man is so critical. And, 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 and see this, within a marriage so often, there's this counterbalance of, of the man asserting strength, the woman coming in with shaming him. When the man feels shamed, you are, you are again undercutting some of his greatest esteem in Christ. And you are, you are saying, I'm not listening to you and I'm going to um, embarrass you. And when he feels that he's been shamed, then he gets insecure and then he rises up and then he forces on more strength and then with more strength to hurt the wife, the wife then brings on more shame and it's a downward spiral of hurt and conflict and despair and discouragement and devastation and if it doesn't stop it goes to very dark and bad places again 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 wisdom sees when i hurt my husband by shaming him i don't win see you can't win by stepping out of your biblical role You don't, you always lose when you're leading, when God says that the husband is to lead with love. If you're convinced of that, it changes your behavior. You can't win outside of God's design for your home. You just lose. But we're so proud and we're so slow and we don't get it because we don't care. Why? Because we love ourselves. And we say, I don't care what God says, I'm in charge. Well, 
That's what, that's what tears the marriage and the home apart. And the man says, I don't care, I'm in charge. And he goes and he hurts his wife and they keep hurting each other. For the woman, your part here is respect is massive for the husband. To respect him. Listen, never, never put your husband down in public. Don't ever do that. Don't ever put your husband down, ever. I mean, he can be corrected, but it's all how you do it. Don't, don't ever do that in front of your kids. I mean, these things are so easy to pick up from anyone else who's sitting there just watching. And I'm telling you, it's awkward. And I've made that mistake. And I gotta get better. You just, it can't be done. If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. And loved ones, just a reminder, we would love here at Live in the Light, we would love to hear from you if God's been moving in such a strong way, maybe even just today, providing you with that great message of hope. Our phone number is 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-22-L-I-G-H-T. Or you can reach out to us via our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's all for today, listeners. Join us again next time here on Live in the Light. Oh, yeah. I